It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. A whole lot of people in the industry are coming back home from Las Vegas this weekend. That's where the annual Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show, also known as SHOT Show, took place once again. And didn't get to make it this year, I'm sorry to say, but I will be there next year. And I do love the fact that SHOT Show keeps growing. It used to be 10 miles of aisles that you walked when I first started going there, then 12, and now it's nearly 14 miles of aisles you can walk to take in everything there is to take in, to include a new archery pavilion they opened up this year. The show attracts some 60,000 people, and this is a trade show. So these are not just people off the street. No, these are all people in the industry. We're talking in the shooting industry, the hunting industry, the outdoors industry. We're talking retailers, manufacturers. We're talking law enforcement personnel, military from all over the world. And they're all checking out what's new when it comes to firearms and ammo and accessories and more. If you're wondering about some of the things that are making an appearance at SHOT Show, I can share a few with you courtesy of the Outdoor Wire. Remington Ammunition has announced a new UMC leadless line of cartridges, including 9mm Luger and 223 Remington. These rounds provide the same performance and accuracy as traditional UMC full metal jacket ammunition, while remaining fit for use in lead-restricted ranges and regions. Very interesting. The venerable Colt Python is now available in an all-new blued version. And Rock River Arms announces the BT-2 ATR ambidextrous tactical rifle. That's right, it's a AR-style rifle that can be shot either right or left-handed. Something else new is courtesy of Papidon Hunting Products. They are showcasing their new patented tree trunk ground blind. The blind sets up in minutes around the trunk of a tree. How's that for innovative? Something else new this year is a company called Your Outdoor. They're making their first appearance at SHOT Show with a motorized chairlift that reaches 15 feet and a wheelchair lift that goes 13 feet above the ground. Think of it as a tree stand that's ADA accessible. And those are just a few of the products that are being rolled out this year at SHOT Show. This week on America Outdoors Radio, we've got some great guests for you. One of them that you'll hear from in just a minute is my friend Rachel Voss. She is with the First Hunt Foundation, and she runs a heritage program all about taking women who have never hunted before on mentored hunts. She also helps women hunters who do have experience become mentors for others. And she'll tell you what she's been up to all over the country this winter. Another guest we'll talk to is Joe Mazan. He's going to tell you about the Ducks in the Desert Continental Shoot. This is a sporting plays event that benefits Ducks Unlimited. It's coming up pretty quick, and it looks like this is going to be all sorts of fun. And we'll get to talk to Dr. Joey Hinton, too. He was the co-author of an article that just appeared in the National Deer Association newsletter about coyotes. But not just any coyotes, black coyotes. Something you don't see out in the American West, but you will see on occasion in the southeastern states of America. Very fascinating how these black coyotes came to be, and Dr. Hinton will tell you more about it during the show today. One other guest you'll hear from today, and I'm very excited to talk to him, is Dean Knuth. He is with Grand Canyon Whitewater. They offer rafting trips up to two weeks long in the Grand Canyon. 
And I've always wondered about fishing the Grand Canyon and the Colorado River and how it is there. Well, Dean's going to tell you exactly how it is, the best stretch of the river to fish, and what you'll catch. He's also got some surprising information about fish you would think that would be very sought after, but fisheries biologists want them out of the river. Again, I think you'll be very surprised at the species we're talking about. In addition to this, we've got some outdoors news about the civil corruption trial taking place in New York against Wayne LaPierre, former CEO of the National Rifle Association, and a rundown of sportsman shows that are taking place not only this weekend, but in the next couple weeks as well. Put it all together, I think you're going to see we've got a great hour of the great outdoors coming your way. So let's kick things off with our first guest of the day. We've got Rachel Voss on the line. She is with the First Hunt Foundation and Share the Heritage, I should say heritage, because she's all about mentoring new women hunters and taking them out for some incredible experiences. Rachel, it's great to have you back on the show. Always love being here. So I was stalking you on Facebook, as I'm prone to do, and I saw that you just got back from a Sandhill crane hunt in Texas with several women. Tell our listeners about this. Yeah, so this was our very first hunt on the books for 2024. As you know, we've got a huge scope of work with several hunts nationwide, but this was the very first one. It was in Enoch, Texas, and it was a mentored crane hunt. So there was seven mentees, and there was four mentors, myself and three other women, and we had a three-day event. So the ladies came in, they did all the instructional components, Everything from learning how to blind up, blinding etiquette, crane calling, all the things. And then we got them out Saturday and Sunday on their very first crane hunt. And how was the hunting? You know, one of my phrases when hunting is tough, especially with waterfowl, is smiles over piles. So (laughs) I'll leave you with that. It was tough. It was tough. We hit Texas. And we had 14 degrees in the morning. That is not Texas weather. I, you know, it was tough. The birds were all over the place, kind of, kind of mixed up. Uh, so hunting was tough. It was tough, but we, we did okay. We had a good time. And like I said, it's, it's one of those smiles over piles hashtags, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why they call it hunting and not harvesting. All right. For sure. Well, let's talk about some other events you've got coming up, because you've got a whole bunch coming up through the First Hunt Foundation. I do. So, um, like I said, we uh, have a scope of work under the multi-state conservation grant that we are awarded for my program, Shared Heritage. And I've got 16 hunts that are going to be coming up for the month of February. It's going to be super busy. We've got a Wisconsin event, which is super cool. It's a obviously a free mentored event again, but it is also combined with a hunter's ed retreat. So my volunteers have gone as far, John, as to become certified hunter's ed instructors. And these ladies then are going to be partnering with myself and DNR, and they are going to be getting these gals through their hunter's ed program. So they'll do that Friday will be a virtual Saturday, we'll have them out to the lodge to do the field portion. And then Sunday, with their brand new hunting license, they're going to go out and they are going to be getting to pheasant hunt at one of the most exclusive pheasant hunting ranches in Wisconsin. So really, really cool. That's going to be followed up with a Kansas squirrel hunt, which will be a two-day event. And then, of course, our Washington State pheasant hunt that rounds out the end of February. 
Well, it sounds fantastic. So this program, Share the Heritage, First Hunt Foundation, it's all about mentoring new women hunters. And for uh, those ladies that are listening today that maybe you've been interested in hunting but have never done it before, mm-hmm. how do they get a hold of you and sign up for these hunts or future ones? So uh, we are currently updating our website, and they're going to be able to find every single hunt that I'll be hosting with Share the Heritage on there. We are firm believers that women learn better from women. It's more impactful. It's less intimidating. So we have found that, that this is just such a success. So they can jump onto the website and check out the upcoming events, or they can email me directly to communicate with me and I can give them the events that will be coming up or that might be in their area. And if it's not in their area, I can tell them how to get onto our mentor map and find a mentor in their area for them to do some one-on-one training, mentoring, and hunting with. All right. And that website, folks, is firsthuntfoundation.org. That's firsthuntfoundation.org and Rachel's email address. If you want to contact her personally, she is a lovely woman and she will definitely help you go hunting. Is Rachel V at firsthuntfoundation.org. That's Rachel V at firsthuntfoundation.org. Rachel, thanks for what you do. I know you're going to be busy on the uh, show circuit as well in the month ahead. So take care of yourself, have fun, and introduce more women into the great sport of hunting. Absolutely. Thanks, John. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing, halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Explore the Dalles, the hub where discovery and history come together. Whether the Northwest is your home or you're on an adventure, the Dalles welcomes you. Just 80 miles east of Portland is the perfect year-round escape with a community that cares about you. 300 days of sun, breathtaking outdoor recreation, and a downtown full of the unexpected. Oh, and the rich history that began before the Oregon Trail. Start planning at explorethedalles.com. John Cruz here, looking to improve your bottom line as a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts. You can do so for a very cost-effective price by advertising on America Outdoors Radio. I will tailor a marketing campaign for you, reaching hundreds of thousands of listeners every weekend, tuning into our show on 135 stations in 33 states. We've got a sponsor opening right now, so contact me through my website at americaoutdoorsradio.com and let's talk about helping you. Game-changing. That's the best way to describe the new Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher from Max Lure Company. This 360-degree rotational inline flasher features a scent-release system attracting salmon to the lure behind it like no other flasher on the market. Soak the free scent pad with any type of oil or gel, or load up the cavity with any type of bait for fishing success beyond your wildest dreams. It's the Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher, only from Max Lure Company.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. And if you're looking for an excuse to go to Las Vegas, maybe even for a good cause, I've got a great one for you. It's the 38th annual Ducks Unlimited Las Vegas Continental. Go ahead and ship your shotguns and your ammo and get ready to shoot some clay pigeons. With us here to tell you more about it is Joe Mason. Joe, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. So what are the dates for the Las Vegas Continental this year? It'll be March 13th to 17th. All right. And why don't you tell our listeners how this works? It is a fun time for expert as well as novice shooters. Uh, we have a number of different events that run throughout the week. There is a main event, a preliminary event, and then we have some other fun side games, a five stand, and we also do sporting clays with some of those sub-gauge shotguns. So we use 20-gauge, 28, and 410, and we pay some pretty darn good prizes for all of those. All right. And I guess that's my next question. You know, when you talk clay pigeons, is this trap, is this skeet, or is this sporting clays that we're talking about here? This will be sporting clays. Okay. And for our listeners who are not familiar with how sporting clays works, why don't you walk them through that? Sure. The shots that shooters will be taking tend to represent different instances you might run across in the field. You might have a pair of teal that jump up right in front of you. You might have a wood duck that is going left to right at 50 miles an hour. You might have a rabbit that is bouncing along the ground. So it's to represent a number of different shooting um, opportunities you might see out in the field. I've got to ask you, uh, for me, the rabbit is the most difficult one. And what is the most difficult one for most shooters when it comes to sporting clays? Uh, it would be a hard left-to-right or right-to-left crosser, depending if you're left-handed or right-handed. That tends to be the one that is going screaming across in front of you at 45, 50 miles an hour, and you got to try to catch up to it. Most people end up, you know, three to six feet behind it. Yeah, I'd be one of those. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. So let's talk about the, the difference different things you can compete in here. So you've got the preliminary and the main event, and you actually have a discount if you want to compete in both. Walk us through these. Sure. The main event is 100 targets, and we have all kind of different levels for the different NSCA, National Sporting Clay Association shooters, as well as what we call a, a, a Hunter or a Lewis class, those who do not, who are not ranked. But we come along and you'll shoot 100 targets for the main event, and then you'll shoot another 100 targets for your preliminary event on one of the days. And the main event will actually have a second round so you can redeem yourself on, on Sunday to come along. And, and improve your score. Okay. In addition to this, it uh, looks like you've also got some competitions for the sub-gauges, because I'm, I'm sure everybody out there is shooting a 12-gauge, but you actually have competitions for the 20-gauge, the 28, and even the 410. That would be very fun to watch. Yes, it is a very humbling experience. Uh, most of the sub-gauges are 50 targets, and as you come along here in Las Vegas, too, you might have a little bit of wind that picks up every now and then. Depends if you're shooting in the morning or the afternoon, and you come along, and it's a very humbling experience when you have a smaller load and a lot fewer pellets trying to catch up to that little clay bird. I've got to ask, have you ever seen anybody go 50 for 50 with a 410? No, I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> and even with the master class shooters in the preliminary and the main with 12 gauges, I've never seen a, a 100 for 100. Gotcha. All right. We get close. We get very close. So you've definitely got some really good shooters here. Novices are welcome as well. It costs $370 if you want to shoot the, the main and the preliminary. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes. Uh, give yourself, you know, come spend a couple of days. Uh, enjoy Las Vegas. You have the opportunity to shoot in the morning, early afternoon, or later in the afternoon. We do squad, meaning you'll shoot with other shooters on those days, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But it's just a fun time. You get to meet new people. I've met some great people from all across the, the U.S. here. You know, we have people who show up from about 28 different states last year and two different countries. So it's been fun to meet people. Oh, my goodness. And, and how many people does uh, Ducks Unlimited Las Vegas Continental typically attract? Uh, we have usually a little more than 300 shooters. Hoping to grow that, you know, love to see some more folks come on out and help the cause. You know, as you're aware, Ducks Unlimited being the world's leader in outdoor conservation, and, you know, 80% of every dollar raised here goes back into the ground. You know, help with clean water, as well as, uh, you know, obviously more ducks in the air. I love clean water, and I, you know, like to see everything else that's hanging around a wetland. Oh, yes. It's all about habitat conservation when it comes to Ducks Unlimited, that's for sure. I guess I should ask, what are the prices? for the winners. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Let's see. It depends. So as we come along, we take a look at our main event. Uh, we will be giving away a Browning Max's shotgun as well as 10 cases of ammo for the grand prize winner in the Masterclass AA, A, B, C, D, and E, as well as one of the Lewis or Hunter classes. You know, second place is in Shabby as well. Come along and uh, let's see. Uh, seven cases of federal ammo. Third place is five cases. Fourth place is three, fifth, two, and sixth place is one case. Now, with the cost of ammo nowadays, close to, you know, $100 a case, that's a pretty darn good prize. There you go. And what is the home casino for the event? Our preferred hotel here is the Aliante Casino and Hotel, and it's located about four miles south of the shooting complex. And we do have a uh, code here, which is good, through February 18th. If you, you give them the code DUCKS24, you get a discounted rate. Okay. And one more time with the dates for the event and the registration deadline. It would be March 13th to 17th, and you can even show up and at the event and register there. So we don't really have a deadline up until it's shooting time, but it's always very helpful to be registered pre-arriving. And you can do that at scorechaser.com is our uh, venue, our website that takes care of us and does all of the scheduling for our shoot. All right. It's the 38th annual Ducks Unlimited Las Vegas Continental. It's happening down in the deserts of Nevada. Great opportunity to go ahead and shoot some sporting clays and support the great cause. Find out more at scorechaser.com or just Google Ducks Unlimited Las Vegas Continental. You'll find it in a hurry and make plans to go to Las Vegas, have some fun, shoot some clays, and again, support a great cause. Joe, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. You're welcome, John. Thank you. By the way, I should mention that in addition to the Western Continental Shoot, Ducks in the Desert, there's also the Eastern Continental Shoot, Ducks in the Timber. That's going to be taking place for the third time in Clarksville, Tennessee. The dates are May 1st through the 5th. The location is Cross Creek Clays. If you want to find out more, again, just go to scorechaser.com. at scorechaser.com. Look for the Ducks Unlimited Eastern Continental at Cross Creek Clays. This, too, should be all sorts of fun. And raise some money for Ducks Unlimited, a great conservation organization. Do you love to fish? Do you love to eat fish? Well, if you do, you know how important it is to have something to keep things sharp. 
Now in the boat, it might be something to keep your hook sharp, like maybe the pocket knife sharpener from WorkSharp, which also works just fine along with the guided field sharpener for keeping fillet knives sharp. So when it comes to cleaning those fish you catch for the day, you can get that done in a hurry. And let's not forget back at the house when you're preparing those fish for a meal. That's when you want to have a kitchen knife sharpener, and there's several electric ones available. You can find them all at WorkSharpTools.com, which lists all sorts of both manual and electric sharpeners you can use in the kitchen, in the shop, or in the field. Sharp hooks and sharp knives make for a happy day on the water, so get your sharpener today at WorkSharpTools.com or look for these products at quality sporting goods stores and hardware stores near you. I'm Anthony Imperato, president of Henry Repeating Arms. Patriotic Americans are looking to protect and provide for their families, now more than ever. Henry has over 200 rifles and shotguns to choose from, made in America or not made at all, and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Go to HenryUSA.com and order our free catalog, decals, and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com. Thank you, and God bless America. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is the Grand Canyon. And if you're like me, you probably know some folks that have rafted the Grand Canyon before. It's something I've always wanted to do. But I've always told myself, if I ever did, I'd love to have a fishing pole with me and try out the fishing on the Colorado River. One person who knows this fishing well is Dean Knuth. He is with Grand Canyon Whitewater. He's the marketing director, and he has fished this stretch of the Colorado River for quite a few years. Dean, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. So the Colorado River and the Grand Canyon covers a lot of ground, and some parts of the river are better than others when it comes to fishing. What is the best part of the river to fish if you're going on a Grand Canyon rafting trip? Definitely. So the Grand Canyon itself is 277 miles, and really what you're fishing for mostly in the first about 60 or so miles is rainbow trout. And it's the best from River Mile Zero all the way to about 63 or 64 miles in there. And so the Little Colorado River is a big tributary, and that drains into the Colorado and kind of changes the mix after that. But mostly rainbow. Okay. Now, do you also have brown trout and warm water species too, like bass and walleye? Yeah, so, you know, brown trout has become a bit of an issue, believe it or not, above Grand Canyon National Park and Lee's Ferry. So the government actually did an incentivized harvest where they were paying people $33 per fish to take those out of that stretch to try to protect the native species in the Grand Canyon. Those are the humpback chub and the razorback sucker. 
Interesting. Very interesting. You know, it's yeah. it's funny because the brown trout is such a prized fish throughout so much of the United States. To find out they've got a, basically a bounty program on them is surprising. They did, yeah. For about the last three years, they just phased it out. But yeah, they were $33 a fish, and then they had these little pit tags in them. And so if you got a pit tag, that was an extra $300. I mean, they really wanted these fish out. Really mainly because, as you know, as an angler, they're, they're really fun fish to catch. They're fighters, and that's, that's great, but they're super, super aggressive. And their worry was the further that they would get down in the Grand Canyon, then the more that they would eat those native fish and take that population down even further because it, they, those are endangered species. Let's talk about smallmouth bass and walleye. How much of a presence are they in the Grand Canyon? Yeah, so luckily not too much. And again, that's the same sort of worry is that smallmouth bass could eat those humpback chub and razorback suckers. But the interesting issue is with the lake levels being lower, Lake Powell, you know, as you know, the southwest drought has, has continued for the last 20, 25 years, Lake Powell has reduced in, in its lake levels. And what that means is different fish from Lake Powell are getting through those penstocks. And so what that means is then you've got those smallmouth bass getting through there, and now they're starting to get a bit of a, a hold there in that upper stretch of the river. So the National Park Service and Game and Fish are, are trying to eradicate those in that stretch as well. When it comes to the fishing, obviously you're going to bring a, you know, a travel rod and you're going to bring your lures, or your flies. What kind of license do you have to have to fish the Grand Canyon? Yeah, so you do have to have an Arizona Game and Fish fishing license. They're about $55, I want to say, for non-residents. And is this entire stretch of the Colorado River all within Grand Canyon National Park, or is the first 60 miles just within the state of Arizona? It is. So it's all within Arizona. With The Grand Canyon National Park is all within Arizona. So that one license does work for the entirety of the river trip. Let's go ahead and talk about actually fishing while you're on a yeah. trip of the Grand Canyon. One important point is apparently you're not allowed to fish from the raft. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got, you know, our rafts, our, our motorized rafts are 35 feet long. No fishing during the day from the rafts, but definitely you can fish in the mornings, at lunch, and the evenings. And yeah, you can definitely do some spin fishing. Fly fishing is great as well. Let's talk about setting up for success. We'll start off with the fly fishing. What kind of flies do you recommend? Yeah, you know, the, the best that I've had success with down there is a San Juan worm with a zebra midge tied to the hook. And the San Juan worm is, is a bit of an attractant for that. And then they're looking after that midge. Woolly buggers are always obviously super fun to have down there. But, you know, fly fishing and, you know, spin fishing, it's just really, it's really sporty down there. There's a bunch of different eddies and currents and the water level is always changing. And you might be on shore and you're looking down at a 30-foot trough. Right. Or you might be on shore and you're looking at, you know, four or five feet of, of flats that keeps going until the center of the river. So it's, it's really fun fishing. It's super, super dynamic down there. When it comes to spin fishing, are we talking like MEP spinners or rooster tails? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those classic MEP spinners, Panther Martins are great. Gold is really nice down there. The fluorescents work really well. And kind of the bigger the better. Like half ounce is totally fine down there for spinners. Oh, wow. What is yeah. the average size of the rainbows that you're catching there? 
Yeah, I mean, they can be, you know, up, up to 20 inches at least. You know, they're really prolific there in that first stretch. And so you got a pretty good chance there those first few days at least. Now, some of the things that can change that, even during the middle of your trip, is the water turbidity. So, you know, the Grand Canyon is, is obviously a massive canyon with big tributaries. And so if one of those flash floods the water color can totally change. And so it can go from like an emerald green to to that classic chocolate milk sort of Colorado River color. And that obviously will affect your fishing quite a bit. Oh, yes. Just hang up that fishing rod, folks. You're not going to be doing very (laughs) well. All right. Let's talk about the rafting trips themselves. You know, I'm familiar with the rafting trips they offer like in Hell's Canyon on the Snake River, Mm -hmm. which are like three to five days. But your trips are a lot longer than that. Yeah, absolutely. So these are kind of the ultimate adventures. So we do mostly like seven and eight day trips on motorized rafts. We do offer ore trips. Those take quite a bit longer. They're, they're kind of literally and figuratively slower pace and then longer trips, 13 days up to 15 days for those. But yeah, mostly what we do are these seven and eight day trips, and it's kind of the best of the Grand Canyon. It's 187 river miles. You're camping on the banks of the Colorado River every night. You're doing side hikes up to waterfalls and slot canyons, and then hopefully getting some fishing in in the evening. Oh, it sounds fantastic. And I'm guessing that everything's taken care of. Just bring a sleeping bag and your clothes? Absolutely. So, you know, we, we have a pretty good packing list that we send to all of our guests, but, you know, we don't really like to use the word all-inclusive, but it kind of is, right? So um, if you start the trip, we, we do all the transportation, we get you to the trip, we got all the life jackets, the dry bags, all the food, all the snacks. Um, but yeah, you pretty much just need to bring a toothbrush. Oh, sounds fantastic. Do you have any yeah. openings for this year? We do, yeah. So that's always kind of a myth that that our owner has has always been pushing is that, you know, people think that you have to book like five, six years in advance. And the truth is, you know, we definitely have space this year in this season. So um, definitely don't hesitate if you're thinking about it. Okay. Well, the website to go to is GrandCanyonWhitewater.com. That's GrandCanyonWhitewater.com. And if you book a trip and you head on out there, make sure you talk to Dean and get a little more advice on how to have success fishing the first 60 miles on your rafting trip. You could have a, a whole lot of fun the first two or three days fishing from shore and catching some nice rainbow trout. Dean, thanks so much for sharing this today on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks, John. Next, I want to tell you something I really love about our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. They're a company that cares about people, and their Guns for Great Causes program is the perfect example of this. Henry Repeating Arms announced a donation of 65 custom support for Sammy rifles, and this raised a total of $46,700, all of which is going to benefit the family of 11-year-old Sammy Bernadiskowski of Elk Ridge, Maryland. The money provides relief for the medical expenses she's incurred through treatments for multiple congenital heart defects, which includes five open-heart surgeries. I've got to tell you, Henry Repeating Arms, they've done similar fundraisers with custom-made engraved rifles for kids battling life-threatening medical conditions for years. And it speaks so well of this company that makes all of its rugged, reliable, great-looking firearms right here in America. You can find out more about the Guns for Great Causes program and check out the lineup of lever-action rifles and other firearms from Henry Repeating Arms at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. And don't forget to ask for your free catalog and decals while you're there.
In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. When you think of WorkSharp knife and tool sharpeners, you probably think of sharpeners for the shop or the field, but WorkSharp has a whole lineup of sharpeners for the kitchen, too. We're talking about everything from easy-to-use manual and electric knife sharpeners to ceramic honing rods, whetstones, and the new rolling knife sharpener, an innovative manual sharpener that will do wonders for your cutlery. Make sure there's never a dull moment in your kitchen. Check out the entire product line and order today at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. Immerse yourself in a complete Alaska wilderness experience through Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Up to six of you will spend a week in a beautiful waterfront log home in a secluded cove. Every day is a new adventure. Go on a guided fishing trip or haul in a bounty of shrimp and crab. Visit a Native American village where totem poles are carved. Go on a whale or bear watching trip and return back to your very own place at the end of the day. Find out more about the Alaska wilderness experience at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. BackcountryHunters.org. Join the fight for our public lands and waters today. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm on cruise. We've got Dr. Joey Hinton on the line. He's the senior research scientist for the Wolf Conservation Center in South Salem, New York. And he is the co-author of an article that just appeared through the National Deer Association newsletter. And it's all about black coyotes. They are found in some parts of our United States and a very interesting looking animal indeed. Dr. Hinton, welcome to the show. Yeah, glad to be here. So... Let's talk about these black coyotes. What causes them to have this color scheme? Sure. 
Coyotes in, in North America traditionally were sort of a gray coat colored animal, and once they started expanding the range during the 20th century, they uh, began outbreeding with different kind of species, whether they were wolves or, or dogs, and they picked up this uh, K. loci mutation in their genetics, and that, that particular mutation triggers for a black coat, and that's how you get these black colored coyotes. Here's a question for you. I live in the western United States. I have never seen a black coyote. I have seen a black-colored wolf before and a white-colored wolf before, but I've never seen a black coyote. Are they even found in my neck of the woods, so to speak, these black coyotes? short answer is no, but there has been rare occurrences in the past where some have been found. I think one of the first records of a black coyote was found in Colorado and documented by some coyote researchers in the 1940s. And then I think there's been on social media, I've seen some black individuals, I think in either Saskatchewan, Canada, or Alberta, uh, up there in that area. But other than that, they're absent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he may have to edit that a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. So where are black coyotes primarily found in the United States? So, yeah, so black coyotes are mostly found in eastern North America, but predominantly in the part of the United States. And why is that? Our research that they acquired their, that black coat color from their hybridization with red wolves. Prior to the extirpation of red wolf for most of the eastern U.S. during the 1700s and, and early 1800s, early naturalists often referred to the United animals. And then by the early 1900s, the, the black phenotype was extirpated by the 90s as coyotes were moving into parts of Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. They were documenting hybridization with red wolves, and they started seeing black coyotes appear. And so those are the first time that we, we started seeing black coyotes. So are ne- we now seeing packs of black coyotes versus packs of gray coyotes? Yeah, they, they pop up in in small locations. Sometimes you'll have black animals mixed in with gray, gray-colored animals or traditional-looking coyotes, but you can, have, you can have complete packs of black animals. I've never experienced seeing that many together at one time. Most of the time, I'm catching individuals that are black, and, but from photos, things with hunters and, and outdoors folks, yeah, they seem to be mixed pairs of, of these animals. Another question about coyotes, and this is in relation to deer, the, the predator-prey relationship. I think it seems to be fairly well known. The conventional wisdom is that coyotes will prey on the fawns. Do they prey on adult white-tailed deer as well? Our research, yes, that they do. There's not a whole lot of you know physical documentation of them uh, pulling down adult deer, particularly in our areas where we do research in the southeast, because you know it's mostly canopy cover and we don't see them out in the open all that much. But our, our field research suggests that they are consuming adult deer throughout the year. Parts of the year where there shouldn't be many, you know, carcasses on the ground or anything like that, where they could take advantage of scavenging opportunities. So we, we're assuming they are predating on them. We also see a strong effect of body size use of deer. So coyotes that tend to consume more than color and body size, which indicates that there, there's probably some predation going on. Well, that makes perfect sense when you explain it that yeah. way. All right, I guess two last things. Number one, folks, if you want to find out more about the National Deer Association, uh, just go to their website. You'll find that at DeerAssociation.com. That's DeerAssociation.com. And I guess I'd also like to hear about the Wolf Conservation Center in South Salem, New York. Tell us what you do there and, and what the center is all about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a senior research scientist at the Wolf Conservation Center in New York, and it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to um, the conservation of wolf species here in the U.S. and Canada. So we, we focus on advocacy, education, and research. And my responsibility 
to the Wolf Center is predominantly research to do that kind of work. Yeah. <laughs> is there a visitor center there, and do you have wolves that folks can see? Yes. So uh, the Wolf Conservation Center is part of the Save Animals from Extinction program, which is referred to as SAFE. And so there's a, it's a captive breeding program for Mexican gray wolves and red wolves. And we do have education programs here, and we do have on-site you know, sort of education programs. We have some ambassador wolves that people can see, and we do outreach and a number of other things. Okay, well, go ahead and Google the Wolf Conservation Center in South Salem, New York, and find out what their hours are and when their programs take place, and maybe head on up there, learn more about wolves. In the meantime, Joey, thank you for educating our listeners today about black coyotes on America Outdoors Radio. Yeah, thank you. In other news, things are not going very well for Wayne LaPierre, the former CEO of the National Rifle Association, a position he had held since 1991. He is currently facing civil corruption charges from the New York Attorney General. His trial is underway. And according to ABC News, he treated himself to millions of dollars in private jet flights, yacht trips, African safaris, and other extravagant perks at the expense of the gun rights group over the years. LaPierre, 74 years old, resigned from his position, and during the opening arguments of the civil trial, the National Rifle Association said their group was a victim of portrayal. And attorneys for the National Rifle Association disassociated themselves from their longtime leader. While the New York Attorney General's office is the one that's driving the boat when it comes to charging the NRA and LaPierre, it's important to note that these allegations came to light several years ago, back when Oliver North was president of the National Rifle Association in 2019. North told ABC News that he wanted an independent review of some unusual expenses, including an astronomical sum that he said was spent on lawyers by Wayne LaPierre. LaPierre remarked that the lawyers are the only reason I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in an orange jumpsuit. This, according to testimony that North gave in the Manhattan courtroom. In response to North's concerns... He said NRA leadership reacted to the misconduct allegations like a circular firing squad, and he was quickly forced out of his position. Wayne LaPierre resigned his position at the NRA shortly before the trial started, citing health concerns. We'll see where this takes us, but I think it's fair to say that the NRA is definitely in a rebuilding phase and currently does not have the power that it did in previous years. Having said that, the NRA is still a force to be reckoned with, and they also put on the nation's largest sports show that is kicking off this week. That would be the Great American Outdoor Show. It's taking place February 3rd through the 11th at Harrisburg, PA. That's where it's been taking place for quite some time. One of the highlights of the Great American Outdoor Show this year will be the keynote speaker on February 9th. That would be former President Donald Trump a longtime ally of the NRA and a lifetime member of the organization. You can find out more about the Great American Outdoor Show and buy tickets as well by going to greatamericanoutdoorshow.org. Heading from Pennsylvania to Washington State, I'd like to let you know that I'll be exhibiting at the Washington Sportsman Show at the fairgrounds in Puyallup January 31st through February 4th. If you go, I hope you'll drop by my booth. We've got some swag we're giving away to some lucky attendees who are good guessers, courtesy of our friends at WorkSharp. And we've got some nice portable cutting boards, perfect for camping from Camp Chef. 
Plus, I'd just love to go ahead and chat with you during the show as well. And I'll also be giving a seminar Saturday morning, 11 a.m. to noon in the Blue Adventure Theater about some places to go fishing in the Pacific Northwest that kind of fly under the radar, not the same old stuff that you're used to hearing about. Another show I'll be attending is the second biggest sportsman show in the nation. That would be the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show. This one's taking place February 15th through the 19th in Portland, Oregon at the Expo Center. We'll have a booth there as well, and there's going to be some great speakers at that one to include well-known do-it-yourself elk hunting personality Randy Newberg and Stephen Ranella, the meat eater himself. Find out more about the Washington Sports Show and the Pacific Northwest Sports Show at thesportshows.com. A couple of other sportsman shows to tell you about include the Eugene Boat and Sportsman Show at the Lane Event Center in Eugene, Oregon. That one is February 2nd through the 4th, as is the New England Fishing Expo. Same date at the Best Western Royal Plaza Trade Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts. And if you're tuning in from Arkansas this weekend, you're looking for something to do, head to Little Rock, specifically the Arkansas State Fairgrounds, because... Arkansas's Big Buck Classic, the largest hunting expo in the South, is going on through Sunday. On that note, it is time to go, but here's hoping you're blessed in the days ahead. Here's hoping you get out there to one of these sportsman shows. They're all sorts of fun. And here's hoping you also find some time to get out there in Mother Nature and soak up all that she has to offer. After all, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. <laughs> 